COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, Emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call. 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Today is Friday, October 21st. So let's look at the calendar now. So next week... This is a big weekend, by the way. It's a huge weekend for the campaigns. Plus, it's going to be good weather. Tomorrow's a big day this weekend. I'm very glad for all the candidates that are out canvassing, trying to get their message out. So important, going door to door, going to large festivals, different places, trying to meet up with voters. Next week, you have two big weeks coming up. Next week, Monday, October 24th. Now, there's supposed to be Lieutenant Governor debate, radio debate next week. It is appalling that Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos will not debate her challenger, Republican Aaron Gookian, on television. They are hiding her. She was not elected to that position. I don't think she's qualified. I Frankly, I don't think she's qualified to, to, to be in that position. As we've seen, that that can that person can be tapped to be the governor. The race for lieutenant governor has never been more important. She is not qualified, and she won't do anything to go on television to show herself to the voters and prove to herself, everyone, that she is worthy of that office. She was chosen to be a McKee lackey, back whatever he says, tagging along, echo chamber for whatever he says. Her record when she was on the Providence City Council, is very suspect. She is anti-police. She supported defunding the police. She did nothing. She was silent during the riots of 2020. She did nothing to speak out in support of police. She did nothing to stop the vandalism. And she sat by and put pressure to remove that Christopher Columbus statue. That's Sabina Matos, Lieutenant Governor. She is unqualified to be governor. She needs to take her message out there. I recognize not a lot of people are paying attention to the race. But part of it is she's been in hiding. So this week, they've had her off the grid. Oh, she has COVID. Let's see if she recovers. I'm sure she will. I frankly find that hard to believe anyway. The next two weeks are crucial, but Governor McKee is really feeling the heat right now. Folks, Governor McKee, again, all of these so-called achievements and accomplishments, he has become a puppet on a spring to the special interest. That's all he is. They say jump, he says how high. And some of these things that he attributes, I gave $30 million for this and $30 million for that's our money. You know, anyone can be Santa Claus. There's no plan to try to develop anything. There's no companies coming in. He's not making government more efficient. He just hands out our money. 
and he gives it out to the special interests, to the unions, to the state workers. Governor McKee does nothing for the regular hardworking taxpayer. Zero. If you pay your taxes, if you own your own home, what does he do to help you? You get crumbs. And he is so dismissive and smug. He's also kind of in hiding. He's in the bunker. He'll do one event today and then boom, that's it. Now tomorrow, he'll be out, Rogers Park. They're doing a big union get out the vote with uh, with Seth Magaziner and all the union people. and so Because they're, they're nervous about that Fung Magaziner election. But I'm telling you, with two weeks to go now and then the election November 8th, the early voting's already started. Ashley Kalis definitely has people's attention. People, you know, she picked the right mantra for being the fighter. People are fed up. This Biden-McKee failed policies. How about Biden is nowhere? Biden tried to do an event with the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania who's running for Senate against Dr. Oz. By the way, Doc, that, is, that race has gone to dead even. Dr. Oz has closed the gap. That guy is, the, the guy couldn't even take questions from the press. The wife said, we're, we're not taking questions. Then Biden said the wife's going to be a, good in the Senate, as if people are sending her to the Senate. But th- this is ludicrous close to home. Folks, if you vote for Governor McKee, you're going to regret it. Uh, you're going to rue the day that you pulled, whatever, connected the line. The federal money is going to run out at some point. And then all these special benefits he gives. That's why these people aren't looking for work. There's too much money in the economy. He goes along with whatever he's told to do. Now, I fully get, I've heard the McKee people, once he's in for four years, then it doesn't work that way. When they have their hooks into you, their hooks are into you. You don't just suddenly say, well, that's it. I I had to get along with you to get in here, but blah, blah, blah. He's not going to change anything around. He's not going to do anything for that. I mean, it's just not happening. You know, everything is giving out for those. We have to help the panhandlers. We have to help the homeless. We have to help the illegals, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing for regular taxpayers. And this plan, Governor McKee, that soccer stadium is a joke. It should not be built. And by the way, there's no construction going on. They did that to just give people the impression like things are underway. You could easily submarine that deal, $60 million, because somebody wants to build the most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. Have you ever heard such a thing? That is just absolute foolishness. They're not going to get 10,000 people to go to a soccer game. The New England Revolution doesn't draw that. At Foxborough, all these high-paying jobs, yeah, only for the construction people building the stadium. The Superman building. Why do we have to pay for that? It's 111 Westminster. No one called it the Superman building until this new developer came in and they were trying to spin away to get people thinking we can't knock down that building. Hey, bigger things have come down and somehow life went on. The old Foxborough Stadium came down. Anyone complaining about that? The old Yankee Stadium came down and then a new one came out. It's part of our history. It's part of our culture. It is an empty building. We should not be putting, that is an endless bottom money pit. Let someone buy it from that guy or let him try to do something. We should not be on the hook for it. You shouldn't be on the hook. I love these people that then don't understand. People saying, well, we should put all the home. We don't own the building. That's a private developer that owns the building. We should put all the homeless people in there. Have you completely lost your mind? Who's going to Patrice put up a Police that. Who's going to be in charge of that? What? We should put all the homeless people in there right in the smack dab middle of downtown. First of all, that, that's privately owned. If someone, some people don't fully understand who's going to pay for that. Why should we pay for it? We're not paying for it. Put all the homeless people in there. That's absolutely moronic. Building needs a major overhaul. The building should come down. Yeah, it would be nice if it could stay up, but it's too expensive. There have been more iconic buildings that have come down. Yeah, it would be, but but at what cost? What is that? What sentimental value does that real have? What practical use? No one's building buildings like that anymore. The whole reason that was built is at the time, the way I understand it was explained, was 
people expected a bank to be a huge building because they, in their mind, they thought the bank held their money there in the bank. So you had to have like a big building. We know that that's obviously not the case in this age of ATMs and drive-throughs. When's the last time you even saw you went to inside a bank to a teller? I haven't been inside a bank since I don't know when. There's no need to do that anymore. So, but this Governor McKee, I, I, I he, I don't know what to think yet. Um, supposedly, there's two debates left. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe when. I see him on television. He has not done well in the debates. He has not been enjoying the debates. If anything, he despises Ashley Kalis. Um, and and I, he doesn't respect her. He feels she doesn't respect him. Now, the Kalis campaign, they have come out now with just a vicious attack ad on Governor McKee. You know what the problem is? It's all accurate. It's all true. Like, this is ridiculous, folks. I mean, and I get it. Believe me, I was skeptic. I was a skeptic. She's not from here. I get the whole thing. But how how is it working out that we have someone who's from here? It's not working out. It's just the opposite. I mean, it's ridiculous at this point. He is just rolling over and giving the unions and the special interests whatever they want. And that doesn't benefit us. It doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit you. The only it's it's all insiders. Governor McKee quickly became compromised. Here is the latest Ashley Kalis commercial. Uh, here we go. And right here. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. You know, we do deserve better. Um, we deserve a lot better. I don't know what's going to happen with the election, and I don't know how much people pay attention. And they're already just trying to, trying to right now, ballot harvest and collect votes. But that I think that is the biggest question. Is can, can We already know our system of government uh, is set up such that it's the House and the Senate that they maintain things. At the very least, we need some checks and balances. We need someone in office that is going to go against what they want to do in the House and what they want to do in the state Senate. You don't have that with Governor McKee. Right now, folks, this is all just centralized control. It's a, it's a cabal. It's, um, it, it's not benefiting the state. It's only benefiting the insiders. I, I, just, I, I, I thought we were past the days of, of this type of forms of corruption. Governor McKee, as I've said, and I don't come to this lightly, I didn't believe this in the beginning. We haven't seen this level of corruption since the Deprete days. We haven't seen this level of corruption since the first CNC administration. I mean, folks, I mean, for crying out loud, and they don't even, the guy is under an FBI probe. Do you think that's an accident? Do you think they just do that willy-nilly? Governor McKee may be indicted and arrested and taken away in cuffs. And then who is the governor? Sabina Matos, the person that's hiding? The person where it's English as a second language? And I don't care what anyone says. I've been there. I've seen it. I have evidence. She struggles to understand English in real time. That's not uh, a criticism. That's not certainly doesn't racist. It's not a criticism. It's accurate. And maybe when she's sitting there and having a conversation and can read things and have people explain things to her, she can understand it. But in real time, that's why they're keeping her away from the TV debates. She was not elected lieutenant governor. They're trying to slide her by the voters. They want to, And that's what's considered a down-ballot race. One of the problems with that race is the CD2 race, the Langevin seat. Now, Langevin, he is now criticizing going after Mayor Fung. There's a Mayor Fung mailer where they quote how Jim Langevin said, Mayor Fung's a good guy, he's a friend of mine. 
What, so what? Well, the, and the, the, now the Democrats and Langevin, they're squawking that they're using his words in that mailer. He said that. He said that. He said that at the press conference with Seth Magaziner. And now these Democrats are saying it's so disingenuous and unfair. Isn't that what they call politics? So he's upset that a super PAC is quoting him? He, he did say those words. And folks, Langevin, if, if there was any justice, he'd be hauled away in cuffs as well. He's another total stock thief. All right, here's the Channel 12 commercial. Langevin's all upset. Local election headquarters as Republican Alan Fung and Democrat Seth Magaziner are battling out for Rhode Island's 2nd Congressional District. The man they are trying to replace is speaking out against a new political mailer. Good evening, I'm Mike Bonds Calvo. And I'm Kim Kaluni. And outgoing Congressman Jim Langevin argues Republicans are trying to mislead voters about where he stands. 12 News Politics Editor Ted Nisi spoke one-on-one with Congressman Langevin and joins us now with the interview. Republicans have been touting Jim Langevin's friendship with Alan Fung to enhance their candidate's image, but Langevin argues that's not what matters. With control of Congress in the balance, the race between Republican Alan Fung and Democrat Seth Magaziner is getting national attention. Polls showed Fung with a small lead going into Tuesday night's debate on WPRI 12. Fung is getting millions of dollars in outside support from a super PAC aligned with House Republicans, including this mailer now hitting voter mailboxes. It quotes Democratic incumbent Jim Langevin saying of Fung, I have nothing bad to say about Allen, and I consider him a friend. I want the voters uh, of Rhode Island to know that, that, that someone's trying to pull their wool over their eyes. Langevin spoke with 12 News Thursday in Cranston. I'm upset and disappointed that uh, Alan Fong and his buddies would put out a blatantly disingenuous mailer. Langevin says he's disturbed by Fung's support for Republican House Leader Kevin McCarthy. Oh, be quiet. Because McCarthy voted against certifying oh, the shut up, election. Have an election denier. Oh, it's a, he was questioning the results. He's the, the worst. for the House Republican group stood by the mailer, telling 12 News in part, the quotes are accurate and used exactly as intended because the truth is Alan Fung has a long history of working across the That's aisle right. and is popular with leaders in both parties. Yep. But Langevin says he wants voters to be clear about his opinion. That's why it's so important to keep this seat blue vote for South Magazine. No! Oh, keep this seat blue. And you're going to have the campaign trail form in these final weeks? Absolutely. All this comes as ballots are already being cast since Wednesday was the first day of early voting in Rhode Island. Election day is November 8th. 10 BC, 12 May. Lynch been upset about that. that. I think that's my favorite story right now so far this political season. Well, folks, again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM on this Friday. I, um... There's two big weeks ahead. Now, the not next week, there are no gubernatorial de- uh, debates planned, uh, playing out. Now, the final week, there's supposed to be a radio debate on Halloween. And then the one to watch is the Thursday at the, that week, November 3rd. They're supposed to be on Channel 10. I am hearing different rumblings from people that suddenly Governor McKee may come down with covid and go underground, not do the final TV debate, be able to say, I gave you three debates. You got the uh, Channel 12 debate, and then you got the Providence Journal debate, and then a radio debate. So I gave you three. I promised you three. You got three. I have COVID. There's nothing I can do. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I'll, well, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But there is some rumblings of that. They're going to use that as an option. See, that's one of the problems that COVID could now be used as. And we've talked about this. That's slightly convenient out. It's the excuse. No one says, can I see a doctor's note? No one says they're in the hospital. It's not a matter of a scheduling problem. It doesn't signal that there's anything really wrong. What happens when you hear someone has COVID? Oh, they tested positive. Well, they're home, mild symptoms. Yeah, just a little bit of a cold. Nothing really. Nope. That's it. Doctors, I'm just doing that precaution, blah, blah, blah. So if that happened, and I, I don't know if it would. I mean, there's different people speculating about that. There's nothing we can do other than to see how this is going to play out. Um, but but if that were to happen, that would just be Governor McKee kind of goes ends the campaign early in a sense. You know, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not 
give the Kalis campaign, let's just say he, he has not been doing well in the debates. He doesn't like the debates. What if he had a really bad final debate and that just carried over the weekend? It could shift momentum to Ashley Kalis. You saw that with Helena Folks. And I wonder, that's, that is why I believe there's speculation that Governor McKee may say, oh, tested positive for COVID, can't do the final Channel 10 debate, final debate on Channel 10. That, that's why. Because in, in retrospect, if the final debate had been early, well, you know, you can, I can go both ways on it. I could argue both ways saying if it had been earlier, that could have given Helena folks even more time to then build the momentum. She won primary day. The McKee people can't ignore that when it came down to primary day, when people went to the polls to vote, he lost. Helena folks won. The only reason he's still there is because the early voting in the mail ballots that go on way too long. And I don't believe all those mail ballots anyway. So it depends on what the objective is. If the McKee people say, listen, our goal is to win at all cost, then it's something to look at. But some of these other races, you know, we're going to talk about, like the general treasurer's race, that uh, former mayor of Central Falls, that guy, he's unqualified to be general treasurer. Pat Cordelessa is making a strong argument to be secretary of state in the lieutenant governor race. This is ridiculous that she is, in fact, just hiding from one. Okay, let's take her out as her word. She had COVID. So what does that mean? Five days off the trail? She came supposedly Monday announced that she had COVID. So she's been absent this entire week. Does she reemerge today? Is she clean? Meaning Matos, we don't know. And meanwhile, folks, Biden is just puttering around. They don't know what to do with him. All right, it's Friday. Much more ahead right here. Leave it on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401 942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service for over four generations. They make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online, matthewsoil.com. Matthews Oil, premier dealer in Rhode Island, delivering the highest quality heating fuels at Matthews Oil. They take pride providing reliable, affordable service for you and your family, celebrating 90 years of service. Call them now. It's going to be a cold winter. Get that tank filled. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I'd like to start off. We knew this day was coming, but uh, Governor McKee in the state, uh, I think it's wrong-headed. But uh, Governor McKee, he announced on the debate stage, and it looks like the state, even though it was defeated, and the judge said it's unconstitutional. Governor McKee is saying, we want those truck tolls. Well, it was inevitable that the appeal would be taken. It was inevitable that this original scheme would be um, determined by a court to be unconstitutional. Um, the, the challenge for the state at this point is there was a trial. I'm not sure if it was a bench trial or with a jury. I believe it was just a bench trial in front of Judge Smith over in federal court. And Judge Smith made certain findings about constitutionality. He made certain findings that this whole scheme was contrary to the Commerce Clause of, you know, federal law. And it just unfairly treats the same class of individuals differently. Only tolling out-of-state trucks seemed unfair. Now, I'm not looking for Rhode Island truckers to be tolled um, and and charge money, but to only do this to out-of-state truckers as opposed to in-state truckers seemed 
inequitable at the very least. When Governor Raimondo put this whole scheme into effect with, you know, approval of the General Assembly, um, the operating hypothesis was that most of the damage to the roads and bridges is due to these heavy trucks uh, utilizing the, the highway system as opposed to passenger vehicles. And it was an easier sell to raise money to just whack out-of-state truck drivers versus in-state truckers and in-state passenger vehicles. Right. It was wrong from the beginning. It raised, I guess, over the life of this program about $100 million. And I'm sure the state was happy to grab that money and utilize it to have crews out there fixing roads and bridges. If the governor had not taken an appeal he would have been in the position to either leave the gantries inoperative or take the gantries down or determine that it was now time to start tolling all vehicles, in-state, out-of-state, commercial, and passenger. And he couldn't do that, even if he wanted to. There's an election, obviously, coming, and I think that there would be furious public outrage um, when this thing was put into effect, while the politicians said we're never going to toll passenger vehicles, um, the governors even said in the course of um, pursuing this appeal that, you know, we're not going to be tolling passenger vehicles. Well, if this thing goes through the court system on appeal and the judgment of um, Judge Smith is affirmed, Again, the state is going to be faced with that choice. We need the money. So either they walk away from this income stream or they decide they're going to toll everybody, including passenger vehicles, or they're going to have to come up with a new revenue stream, a new way to tax people, a new way to fund these projects that um, apparently do need some attention in terms of the condition of our roads and bridges. But as an appeal goes, John, it's a loser. It's going gonna, it's gonna to extend the time. No money is going to be collected. All the politicians can, you know, have some cover until this thing grinds its way through the appellate process. It'll take, I would think, a year or two before this comes to a conclusion. And Tim Dodd, how, how often um, with, with an appeal, I mean, how many bites at the apple do they get or would this be it? Uh, the court's ruled, so this would be, this is it. If they're going to appeal, it's right now. Well, it, we're in the federal system. So if this matter went to the First Circuit and the First Circuit affirmed what Judge Smith had done, technically, the state could appeal from the First Circuit and ask for a hearing before the Supreme Court, which would likely be rejected. Uh, by the same token, if the First Circuit... Um, reversed and said Judge Smith got it wrong, then the Truck Drivers Association had likewise uh, tried to make an appeal to the Supreme Court. That's the only place you can go after the First Circuit if you sure. want to keep trying to appeal. If you want to keep trying to appeal. Now, Tim Dodd, also, what's so interesting is this case that came down. <laughs> there had been uh, something buzzing about this for a while, but someone even contacted me a while ago. I just questioned it source of it and how accurate it was but boy it sounds like there really was something going on with this 610 connector in, yes uh, in, in some of the soil some real shenanigans yeah this has been looked at for a long time apparently the out-of-state uh, construction company they're out of massachusetts part of their um obligation in performing their contract was to bring in a substantial amount of fill that was necessary to um for whatever, you know, engineering purpose, fill was needed. So you're supposed to bring in clean fill. But this contractor brought in um, material from other construction projects in Massachusetts. Wow. Um, and um, what's purportedly um, contaminated material from Pawtucket and Central Falls. And this was made known to the state and to the feds. Now, this was a federally funded program. The money to do this project came from a federal source. So when it became evident that 
bad fill was brought in, either bad fill from Massachusetts and contaminated fill from Central Falls and Pawtucket, the feds went after the contractor and it was determined that one of the supervisors on this project um, doctored documents, got people to make false statements to the feds about the source wow. of the fill, the cleanliness of the fill, um, and this blatant misrepresentations. The construction company has agreed to pay a fine, I believe, of a million dollars. And this supervisory individual from the construction company was charged criminally for making false statements to the feds. And these were false statements which apparently were made under oath. You can't lie to the federal government. You can't lie, you know, if you're making, swearing things under oath and making statements that are intended to be relied on, they're blatant lies. Now, he's agreed to plead um, guilty. I believe the maximum sentence on something like this is five year, up to five years in prison up to three years supervised probation thereafter, and up to a $250,000 fine. Is he going to get hit with five years in prison? No. Is he going to get hit with a $250,000 fine? Likely not. But this is likely going to be a case that involves perhaps a small amount of jail and a significant amount of either a suspended sentence or some other form of punishment to set an example. Um, these are the types of cases where... Lots of things go on with these federal contracts and with construction projects. But when you get caught red-handed, um, the, the system, the federal government likes to make an example to, you know, scare off people from doing similar um, fraudulent things in the future. So this guy will probably get tagged to some degree, but not as much as many of your listeners might think. He might catch a little bit of jail. Tim Dodd, it certainly, before we take break, <clears throat> raises eyebrows that, you know, how often does something like this go on? And is this, is this one of the reasons why sometimes, you know, these road construction projects don't seem to pan out or work effectively? It's because, you know, let's face it, unless you're really trained or there's strict guidelines in place, how, how do we know if someone's not using, you know, a cheaper or, in this case, contaminated form of soil? Well, that's the trick. I mean, a lot yeah. of things go on out there, um, but when the wrongdoers are caught and mm. caught in a very blatant manner, as has happened in this case, you know, the, the federal government is going to want to make some hay with this case to get some publicity to punish the, the, the wrongdoers yeah. to, number one, punish, and number two, warn people in the future, hey, if you do something like this and you get right. caught, you know, you're going to get prosecuted and you're going to go to jail. So mm. this guy, you know, he's going to be the poster child for, you know, fraudulent contract, contract conduct with the federal government. And the mm. government needs to send that message out loud and clear. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. And remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember, with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with that legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, President Trump, legal woes continue to mount. Uh, we've given his own segment here, but I think it's important. You can begin with anyone you want. Uh, he's got problems with Truth Social, the app he started, but then he has also uh, problems 
in Georgia, but now there, there seems to be more speculation on potentially a possible indictment with this whole evidence that was presented, um, signed off on, you know, this whole business about what documents he had with Mar-a-Lago. Well, I, I think that uh, President Trump has lots of legal predicaments, and it's going to take him a long time to work through them all, maybe successfully, maybe not successfully. I'm a little troubled about the Mar-a-Lago um, yeah. publicity that's come out in the last you know, news cycle. Anonymous sources at the um, U.S. Attorney's Office, anonymous attorneys within the department say, we think there's enough evidence to prosecute uh, Donald Trump for obstruction of justice, and it might be something that he could be convicted of. Now, certainly, any time there's any specter that Donald Trump's going to get charged with a crime, um, the media goes crazy. Oh, right. look at this. He's going to get charged. If yep. you really read these news reports and parse the words, it's speculation upon speculation from anonymous sources. Now, do I think that Donald Trump is in the clear? No. Um, but I just think it's troubling that we're not even done with the um, special master looking at the documents which were taken um, with the um, uh, subpoena, with the search warrant. Yeah. Um, it's way premature to know any of the real facts. Um, there's speculation that Trump signed certain documents uh, corroborating the false affidavit signed by his attorney that everything had been turned over that needed to be turned over. Um, Trump does have some, um, I guess, defenses that he, um, by executive order, if you will, changed the character of the documents that were at Mar-a-Lago. Um, that's a bit of a troubling position for him to take. It's basically all in his head. <laughs> he thought it, so it became reality. That's not going to cut it. There's nothing in writing. And even his attorneys have really not gone down that road so far to say, well, because Trump thought it, because he suggested it, because he said the words, those words made the materials at Mar-a-Lago exempt from going back to the federal government. I, I don't think that's going to wash. Um, the, the charges that would be brought against President Trump for what is alleged to have gone on during the execution of that search warrant, no president has ever been charged criminally once leaving office with anything similar. Now, Will Merrick Garland and his Justice Department have an appetite to bring charges against Trump to keep him from running in 2024 ostensibly? I would think, yes, they will. Mm. Uh, if you continue reading all these news reports, some say, oh, it's going to take a long time for him to uh, be charged, if, if at all. Others say, oh, no, he's going to get indicted by Christmas. Um, I don't think he's going to be uh, charged, if at all, this calendar year. Um, certainly dragging this thing out, um, assuming there's a political motivation, the longer you drag this thing out without filing charges but suggesting that charges are coming, the more you handicap his ability to either raise money, campaign for others, or decide to run. And that's the tricky bit for um, Merrick Garland is – to the extent the public might see this as a politically motivated prosecution to keep this guy from running for president again, um, whether it's true or whether it's perception, um, it's a very bad um, um, precedent to set. It, it's, it's, it's really jarring that this could be happening for political purposes. What, what about this defamation case, Tim Dodd? I mean, it's something he can't blow off of this woman that made these accusations is that are we just talking that this isn't it's mine to say there's no 
I don't believe criminal charges here. It's all it's all about a money settlement. There, there's no criminal charges. The allegations yeah. are that back in the seventies, yep. that Donald Trump was um, in the presence of this woman, um, who I it's guess Bergdorf, was. Right? Yes, yeah. Bergdorf Goodman's, and the yeah. woman was apparently a well-known columnist for a nationally uh, published magazine. Yeah, and somehow he asks her. She says, "He says, can you try on this lingerie? I want to see yeah. how it looks. I'm thinking of buying it for somebody." She accommodates him apparently, and then he goes into the dressing room per her allegations, and he rapes her per her allegations. This all comes out. Donald Trump says, probably, you know, not really thinking before speaking. No, that's just a big lie. She's not my type. Mm. And he goes on to say other things, all saying this is a lie, that she's making it up, and that, you know, she's not my type. She, in response to that, sues him for defamation. Mm. saying that what he held her up to public ridicule and scorn, he defamed her, and he said things about her which he knew or should know were not true. Mm. I.e., she's saying, well, Donald knows that these things did happen, and I was telling the truth, and by saying that I'm lying, he's defaming me. So she's been attempting to get uh, President Trump's deposition For quite some time, there's been a lot of legal wrangling about whether or not um, President Trump has to sit this deposition. He was ordered to sit for a deposition. Um, The complainant was supposed to be deposed, I believe, last week. He's going to be deposed this week. And the allegation, well, the allegation is that he defamed her. So the questioning will be, I'm sure a lot about the circumstances of her allegations of rape, um, his denial of any participation in that, and the things that he has said about her publicly. And as he has been saying these things, did he have a factual basis to say them? Did he say them recklessly or did he say them knowing that what he was saying was truthful? Among other things, John, that um, President Trump has said is, yeah, he's I never even met this woman. I don't know her. I don't know what we're talking about. And then her side comes up with pictures showing them together at some fundraising event. Mm. So, you know, yeah. So that creates problems for, for the president in terms of getting through a deposition. Yeah. And as we've seen with Donald Trump as of late, Um, If I was his attorney defending this deposition, I'd be holding my breath because he seems to be more of a loose cannon than ever. And you really can't coach somebody what to say in a depo. They're going to say what they're going to say. It's not like you can give them a script. They're going to say what they're going to say. It doesn't seem to be working to his benefit to no. have this approach, to put it mildly. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J. Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401 732 1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, the numbers at the border 
people that are coming through, getting through, than escaping the United States. It's, it's really overwhelming. Joining us right now, he is Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's our friend Tommy Pigeot. Tommy, what's the new term that is being used for those that uh, get into the country and just escape? The term is gotaways. Gotaways. Uh, yes, that, that just sort of signifies, you know, people that, the numbers that we have, by the way, are the ones that we know about. So it's people that are actually recorded having crossed the border and escaped, whether a Border Patrol person sees them or they're caught on camera. Uh, yeah, so th- those are referred to as gotaways. And that number is actually a conservative estimate. The 900,000 is that number that have escaped to this country. That's a conservative estimate because those are just the ones that we know about, which is why this is so worrying. I like those gutaways, kind of like, well, there's, you have stowaways, those that get onto, you know, a ship or a plane or whatever it may be. So these are gutaways. Now, Tommy, 900,000, what's the time frame on that? 900,000 gutaways have escaped into this country just since Joe Biden took office. Wow. 900,000. Uh, and for context, that's larger than the population of San Francisco. Yes. 900,000. Wow. It's, it's Astonishing, And experts, like I, I, I just mentioned, say that that could actually be two or three times higher because this is just the gotaways we know about, the ones caught on camera, the ones that Border Patrol sees crossing the border. It doesn't include gotaways that cross the border unrecorded. And let me give you an example of how that can happen. So in Del Rio, if you remember last year or a few months ago, uh, Del Rio had that incident where a huge number of illegal immigrants were under that bridge and required huge manpower to process those people uh, at the border. While those people were at the border, 247 miles of the border additional was left unpatrolled. 247 miles. We have no idea who crossed the border over that time period within those 247 miles. And it's concerning because we know for a fact, according to Border Patrol, that cartels are dictating where illegal immigrants cross and are apprehended in order to tie the hands of Border Patrol so they can cross the border uh, and escape into this country without being detected. So that 900,000 number that we know about could really be much higher. I mean, it just shows the border is completely wide open. And Tommy, again, um, it's it's such a difference. What what are some of the, the factors you think are contributing to this? One thing I'll say is President Trump, at the very least, um, he, he was a deterrent. You know, there was an attitude that they would not be welcomed here, that it was not open, that you'd get deported, that obviously has shifted. What are the factors do you think or do we believe have contributed to this? Well, that factor you just mentioned, it, it, it is a fact. And it is a factor because that's what migrants are telling Border Patrol are telling news agencies that right now they came because Joe Biden's president, because of Joe Biden's border policies. No one's hiding it at the border. They're literally saying that when they arrive at the border, they're thanking Joe Biden for opening the border. And I think that's a major component of this. I think the second component is really the embracing of these sanctuary cities uh, policies and these Democrat-run cities and the benefits Democrats are trying to give to illegal immigrants when they arrive here. There used to be this consensus, even as, uh, you know, uh, under Barack Obama's presidency, that you can't be incentivizing people to come and make this dangerous journey by providing benefits, by signaling that they could stay, because it actually endangers people making this journey. Biden has abandoned that consensus. Democrats have completely abandoned it now across the country. So there's this pull factor of all these benefits, these sanctuary city policies, combined with this message from the Biden administration by, as they you know roll back these policies that worked, saying the border's open. So that's really contributing to this. And then the third factor is the cartels along the border have always been there, but they seize every opportunity. And Biden has just handed them a massive one. He's handed them a massive crisis that they can use to profit. So there are these really evil, despicable cartels that are profiting off of of all this death and destruction. And Biden's decided to turn his back and look the other way while this is going on. That's exactly right. Folks, he is, again, Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's Tommy Pichot. Tommy, great job as always. I like that. Get gutaways, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks for having me. The Kui sit in. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. To the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Remember, weekdays, 
11 to 2. But visit the website, DePetro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, petro.com And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at petro.com And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, petro.com The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com remain healthy, stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie. 401-305-305. 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.